Welcome to the Between the Dream podcast. I'm your host, Richard Taylor Jr. Today is Friday, September 25th, 2020. Hope that you all are doing well. Hope that you've had a great week. I want to say thank you to everybody who is new tuning into the podcast. Um, I ask that you subscribe on whatever platform you might be listening on. Thank you for our returning members, our dream team as well. Thank you. Um, please continue to share the good word of the Between the Dream podcast and make sure that you are subscribed as well on all of the streaming platforms that you listen on. So excited for today's episode. There is a lot going on, and y'all have actually heard me talk about this person for like the last two weeks on the podcast. Like, oh yeah, I got him coming. I got him coming, I promise, I promise, I promise. And so today, I was actually able to make this happen, and I am so excited to have, I can't even just say my friend, but my sister um, here with me all the way um, from the good old Midwest. You know, I'm a Midwest boy myself, so it's good to have my Midwest family in the house. But um, we have with us our good friend, psychotherapist and certified clinical trauma professional, Trish Wyatt, aka T Wellness, is in the <laughs> building. Trish, thank you so much for being on the podcast today. How are you? I'm doing great. Thank you for having me. Good Thank to hear. Absolutely. Me. Absolutely. And I'm so excited to have you here. Before we get started, I got to do one quick thing. Um, I've yeah. been starting the podcast episodes off with like a simple thought um, or quote, usually from one of my books. And so I'm going to read this snippet and it's going to lead us right into our conversation for today. And so I'm actually pulling this from chapter two of my first book, Unashamed, the Process of Reconstruction. And it's actually the quote to start off this chapter. It says, resentment is like taking poison and waiting for the other person to die. This comes from Malachi McCourt. It is a very old and well-known quote. But I thought about this because the resentment piece is so heavy um, right now with where we are. Resentment mm -hmm. specifically because the resentment um, a lot of times is coming from different forms of trauma specifically to due to COVID, due to where we are, um, and due to a lot of grief, right? One of the things that happens when we're grieving and we don't catch it or we're not acknowledging it or proactive with it is that it can very well turn into that resentment. We get frustrated. We hit that woe is me curb. We do all of that. And so I'm super excited to have you here today because <laughs> I know you're going to talk us through some of this as you and I were having a conversation um, you were telling me about an article that you saw and just this good conversation piece that it really brought up between myself and you, but then also mm -hmm. just gave you some thoughts as well. And so I know that COVID has been insane. Um, before we get started with talking about that, I got to ask, right, because it's one thing to just come and share with people, but outside of being a psychotherapist, outside of all of your certifications and everything that you do, you're a human. You go through life just like all of us. How are you holding up and how are you doing through all of this with the changes? So I'm doing well, honestly. Um, and we kind of had spoke about this in one of our conversations. Um, but I've been, I'll say this and I would, um, I would encourage this to anybody listening. I encourage this with um, my patients. Um, I worked hard to also be very intentional with my thoughts, very intentional with my day, intentional with how I'm perceiving things. And I think that has had um, an immense, um, has immensely impacted why I'm doing well during this time. Um, because I think more than ever, this is the time where our ability to have um, 
perspective taking that's positive is important. I think more than ever, this is the time for us to, I mean, this is a really old term. Um, and so I, I definitely don't take credit for it, but I utilize it, you know, attitude of gratitude. Mm. And I would say that's one of the things I've really been encouraging people to look more at what they're gaining, what they've gained during this time, mm -hmm. as opposed to what we're missing, what we've lost, what we, um, you know, are saddened by, because, you know, not that those are not things that are reality and they're things that are happening. And we do have things that we've lost and to be sad about. Um, but you, there's no benefit sometimes in really focusing on that as opposed to shifting your thoughts and your intentions with, you know, what, what is good with today? What is, what Absolutely. has come from this moment? Um, and I don't say that lightly because that's not an easy thing to do. I don't, I don't say it in a, you know, flippant way. I say it in a way that it does take work. Um, but I feel like when you ask me how I'm doing, I'm genuinely able to say to you, I'm really, really well, um, because I've done that. Yeah, no, that's great. Mm -hmm. I'm glad that you mentioned that. You talked about the attitude of gratitude. So it's interesting for me. I actually had a very similar conversation the other day with a neighbor of mine. Uh, no, it might have been today, actually. I was going mm -hmm. on my walk and um, my neighbors had made a comment about just how they were holding up through COVID. And they, they said three things. They were like, look, you know, husband is, is working his job from home. So mm -hmm. finances are okay. They're, they're healthy and their family is healthy. Mm -hmm. um, and she was just like, I'm grateful for that. This is the wife saying it. And so I thought that that was really powerful when she said it because it reminded me of like, it's funny, you say attitude of gratitude and you called it an old saying. Mm -hmm. I think of the other old saying that came from my grandmother, which was count your blessings. Yeah. And so <laughs> it's, it's funny, no matter how you word it, the reality is, is that it, it's us and how we look at the situation that we're in and what's taking place in our life and our perspective and then our approach to it, right? And I love that yeah. because I think that it is powerful um, when we talk about some ways that we can do our part, right? I mm -hmm, think sometimes mm -hmm. we, we, we can't control the situation, but we can control ourselves and we can control how we choose to respond and react. And so in the portion of doing our part, I love that you mentioned that like attitude of gratitude and how that's been helping you. I know you've done some really big things over this time frame um, <laughs> when it comes to just like work and and putting in some thought to you know moves for the next few years. Like yeah. what does this layout look like? And so I love that um, because I think that this honestly for me i feel like COVID has provided that time of kind of like all right what does the layout look like for time for some it's, given, it's given a space to mm -hmm. really have some clarity yeah. um, and even now i you know and i say i shouldn't say given because we're still in the midst of COVID. It, it's not it's not ended it's not ending no. soon and so i i shouldn't say given i should say con it continues to give us you know a space and an opportunity for clarity and you know i'll just want to bounce back one second to what you said um you know when we were talking about like count your blessings and attitude of gratitude and i i really had a moment you know mid covid and i just kind of looked around and said wow like i haven't had this opportunity to just be this present with my teenager right mm -hmm. and just chat with him and not be doing it in the midst of us running out the door or you know getting him to cross country or something like that um, I looked around my house and said, wow, I forgot kind of what my house looked like a little bit. 
I do like my house because you know we're we're home more but then you know some people were looking at you know the walls are closing in or this is happening and not to say that for some people that wasn't but there's so much value in shifting your thoughts um and and I wish people knew how much power we have internally to mm -hmm. really control our thoughts and really dictate what our perceptions are. Um, mm -hmm. And so even when we talk about COVID and we relate it um, to any other traumatic experience, right? So with my work, when I'm working with people specifically trauma work, it's a, it's a little bit different than maybe just most sessions. Here's what's interesting about trauma and the same thing, and I, I really correlate this with COVID. Here's what people are unaware of with trauma. Trauma is actually not in the event. That's the, that's the big, I guess, the, the big thing here. Trauma is with our response to the event. So, you know, you, you could have two people experience the same thing, right? Let's just, I don't want to be too graphic, but so I don't want to think of something super bad, but um, so I'm trying to think of something not bad, but that's kind of hard to do if we're talking just, about yeah, trauma. Just yeah. shoot, it's okay. Okay, it's so right. let's say you have two people who, um, you know, experience some type of abuse, right? Physical abuse mm -hmm. or something like that. Um, and there may be one person who comes out of that stronger as a result, right? More determined to be successful. They, you know, they want to do more. They want to survive this and, you know, have this survival mentality. And you may have another person, and maybe these are two siblings, right? This happens all the time. That one sibling, it kind of crushes them, destroys them. They're unable to function. Their life is, you know, forever affected in a negative way. Mm -hmm. And so you're looking at two people, let's just say, because I've had siblings in the same home, same experiences, same parental um, interactions, you know, abusive, whatever it is, verbally, physically. Um, and they emerge from that trauma very differently. Yeah. And so people will say, well, wow, like what happened? They went through the same thing, right? Whenever in history have have we all in this and every person in the world this last few months we've all lived this same trauma right COVID has affected every part of the world all of us though are responding to it very differently mm -hmm. some people don't even believe it's happening some people yeah. you know have just fallen into major depression some people like what we just talked about you know myself have you know come out of this with increased clarity and calm and peace and why is that right because we're all going through the same what is perceived as a traumatic event it's perceived mm -hmm. that way because it is this is a pandemic it's traumatic what you perceive and what you do in those moments though dictates and you said this before we were on the the call just our private call um you know where and how do we all land when things like this happen absolutely um, right right here's the here's the secret you control how you land in all this so you pick where you want to land. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So good. Thank you for that. And so it's funny, yeah. I ended up finding this. Um, I posted this maybe three days ago mm -hmm. um, on social media. And it's from an artist named Katie Moody out of, uh, I think she's from the UK, but I saw okay. it and it stood out to me. And so it's a picture of um, a taller dog, which looks to be like a, a golden retriever type mm -hmm. of dog. Um, 
and then there's a really short dog next to it. <laughs> and the taller dog is saying, how deep is the mud? The shorter dog is saying, depends on who you ask. And then under that, it says, yeah. we all go through things differently. <laughs> and so I thought that this was really fitting because um, obviously this month of September is Suicide Prevention Awareness <laughs> Month. And so one of the things that I've been trying to get people to understand is that we have got to be, um, not just gracious, but I think we've got a we've we've got a work to do when it comes to dealing with our apathy and learning to pick up the mantle of empathy a lot more. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. Because of the fact agree. that what triggers us might not trigger the next, and vice versa, right? Vice and person. so, I love what you mentioned too, though, in that response of we all are going through the same experience, mm-hmm. but of course, that reaction is what really starts to determine the trauma piece of it, right? And it, so the, it is the determiner of the trauma piece. Exactly. And mm-hmm. so I think that, you know, you putting that out there is so important because of the fact that hopefully if we take an ear to that, listen and really apply it, it can help us in our approach to being able to um, not only relate with people, but I think being able to be more intentional in, in caring for people um, when it because you, you know how it is kind of like the same way that you talked about the whole thing with COVID right like some people mm-hmm. don't think it's real when we talk about mental health issues when we talk about suicide specifically one of the big things that you might hear a person say is that oh it's it's all in your head it doesn't exist you just want attention you know so mm-hmm. you get these you get these naysayings from people who've just honestly never been through something that pushes the right button that will cause them to have the response they normally wouldn't, right? Right, right. And so I, I love that you pointed that out because I think that all of these things play a huge part in the role of, of prevention. And we're not talking about just suicide, we're talking about the buildups, right? So you mentioned earlier on trauma, and I know we're gonna get into some conversations about some stages of grief during COVID here in a second, mm-hmm. but the reality is, is that from the trauma, from the grief, those responses are the small things, small actionable steps, small seeds that we can potentially allow to become bigger issues that can lead to these greater problems. And I mm-hmm. think that, you know, it's good for us to cause for the pause right here, just to put this out there for somebody who, um, you know, who's listening right now, who might not get it, or maybe they don't see it like that. But uh, it's a good moment for us to be able to just take a step back and see it for a bigger picture than just ourselves. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And so, oh, did you have something you want to throw in there? I'm sorry. I was- well, no, I was just going to say, because you just made me think about um, something that I think this example could help people understand. Um, I remember the first couple of months of COVID, I was... Um, on the phone with a sorority sister, um, Delta Sigma Theta Sorority Incorporated. Don't worry now. Come on, 19, 13, yeah. 11, yeah. 13, 11, um, 13, right? Yes, 1913. I'm about to say, look, yay. I wish, so y'all look, y'all know I keep these conversations like, even though we talk about heavy stuff. So Trish is a dear sister of mine and I love her so much. <laughs> I wish you all could see the look that she just gave me and making <laughs> sure I got the year right. Yes, all right. I thought Put I did it in my chat. head. I apologize. <laughs> I got all of it. I love it. I love it. So um, talking to your sorority sister. There I was talking to my sorority sister, and um, 
this is a couple months into COVID. This is, I really feel like this is a great example. She was doing awesome, right? Feeling good. She was just really spiritually in tune. She had got into working out. She was eating healthy. So she's calling me, telling me all these things. And she says, um, I feel so guilty. I said, why do you feel guilty? You're, you're doing great. Like you, mm -hmm. I think she, at that point she had lost 10 or 12 pounds or something. And, mm -hmm. um, and that had been a journey that she had been on prior to COVID and had not, had not been as successful. And so she said, well, I just feel I have a lot of guilt because I'm looking at so many people, so many friends oh, yeah. not doing well, right? Not, not having this peace that I have in this moment, not, not being successful. And, you know, she kind of, I don't know what to do with that. I don't know what to do when we get on the phone. Do I say to them, I'm, I'm well when they're mm -hmm, not. Mm -hmm. And I said, well, you never, you never want to say you're not well when you're well, right? But it goes back to what you said when we talk about like empathy and understanding. You find a time and a place for everything though, right? Maybe you just mm -hmm. don't fully share where you're at because you want to be aware of where they're at as well. Yeah, yeah. And so you should be able to take in what they're saying and maybe use where you're at as more motivation, right? You don't have to say, that's well, wow, that, that's odd. I'm, I'm doing great. Or, you know, you find a way to, you share where you're at along with taking them where they're at. And maybe that's an opportunity for you to give them some of your strategies. Say, you know, how's this? I, I don't like hearing that. Can I share with you maybe what I've done in this time to help me? Maybe it could help you. Yeah. And so I think, um, and I hope that example makes sense because I just feel like this has been such a time for us to increase and learn. Some people never even knew what the word empathy meant before COVID, yeah, right? Absolutely. You know, and, that is and so what good. genuine compassion looks like. And it looks like where you understand where other people are at in their journey, regardless of where you're at. And also not feeling guilty or bad because you're well. That's the goal. We want to be well. Yeah, um, no. And so if absolutely. you've obtained it, use that to help. Don't don't feel guilty about it. Yeah. No, I love that. Thank you so much. And I think that that's good that people need that because I don't know if we always realize that we're even harboring guilt, you know, in those moments. Yeah. You know, like we it's crazy because I think obviously there's an epiphany that comes, but you know how sometimes like your mood will change before you can identify what it is. Oh yeah. Your mood changes. And so um, I, love you, early this morning. I love that you pointed out, Hey, but you, you've been listening to your gospel music all day though. So you, like you said, you've been in a good space. I love it. I love it. Listen, so for today. <laughs> <laughs> I do have a question for you because yeah. I think it's important. So you and I were talking a little bit about this early and we've had a few conversations about it just in our uh, between time. But mm -hmm. um, I think that the grief portion um, through COVID has been very huge. And I know um, a lot of that has come through the fact that loss has taken place in so many oh, ways, yeah. whether it comes through the form of losing employment and a job, losing that money. Um, and then of course the, the big elephant losing, um, family members and Love friends. Them. And so, mm -hmm. you know, I've lost a few loved ones during this time. Um, uh, we could, we could even go as far as like the loss when it comes to, you know, the racial injustice that's taking place right now. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, and, and, um, and not just from a standpoint of killing, but, you know, obviously, you know, Louisville just came out with the, the verdict for Breonna Taylor's, Taylor's death. Mm -hmm. and, and that feels like a huge loss when it comes to the fact that it's like, oh, wow, like you're not even going, 
you know, uh, well, I don't know if you remember. Um, I mean, this was probably a couple weeks ago. I actually did a post on Instagram and I said, you know, I can't remember the exact words in this moment, but something to the effect of, you know, just the existence right now of being black in 2020 yeah. in itself is traumatizing, right? Yeah. I mean, and then you just... followed up to say your black friends are tired. I remember seeing that. Post. Okay. <laughs> I saw it. I remember seeing it. I'll be fair. We're tired, boss. Yeah, we're tired <laughs> because. Look at all the messages on top of the messages, right? So on top of COVID, on top of everything, um, we're, we're taking in messages that we don't even know how to process. How, I don't even want to say how to accept. We don't know why, we're, why it's a thing that we even should have to accept right now. Right, right. Um, and so there's so much, I think, going on. So you're right. I think that in itself adds a whole nother layer to just, everything that's happening right now mental mm -hmm. health related you know and yeah. i and i don't say that to say that our experience is um happier than another but it's different and it's heavy and you know oh, people can absolutely the way they want but we definitely have an additional layer that's there's just it, it's difficult to dispute that no absolutely that's a hundred percent agree mm -hmm. and so you couple that in um and i think with people as a whole all of these different forms of loss cause us to go through grief. And you talked to me a little mm -hmm. bit about these stages and I wanted you to just kind of go through them um, if you can in this. And, and what are you seeing, I guess, during this time right now? Obviously you're working with your own clients, but then again, yeah. you, you are in community and relationship with, you mentioned your sorority sister, other friends, like you get mm -hmm. a chance to see this in, in so many ways firsthand. And what does that look like? Um, so I would say, um, you know, the past few months, um, there's two perspectives, I think, um, you know, as far as, you know, what I see within patients and then what I've seen within colleagues. Um, and then, well, I should say three categories, really, what I've seen within colleagues and then what I've seen within African-American colleagues. Mm -hmm. um, and again, I'm not, I'm not giving us, you know, a heavier load here. I'm just saying it's different. And so I think, you know, from the client perspective, um, and I, I'm sure I speak for most therapists in this moment this past few months, because I've, I have colleagues who are friends, we're seeing just heightened levels of depression, heightened levels of anxiety. Mm -hmm. Here's where the challenge, I would say, has come in the past few months. Um, prior to COVID, right? It's not as if I had never worked with people who have depression and anxiety. Um, that's actually mm -hmm. my specialty area. So most of my patients in some way suffer from some either mood disorder, anxiety, something of that nature. Right. What's been different about this past six or seven months is that COVID has been so crippling for people and has left them emotionally paralyzed, if that makes sense, to where they're unable to exercise their coping strategies they're exactly, unable yes. to like put into action these abilities to manage or deal with this anxiety and depression mm -hmm. and so what we would see in the past maybe is you're working with someone and you're able to like provide these strategies right they put them into play next session they tell you maybe they they're feeling a little bit better maybe not but they're they're trying they have the energy they have the wherewithal to try to feel well what COVID did, it kind of came across like a, like a tornado in a way, right? And just mm -hmm. left this massive destruction that we're still cleaning up to where people, it's, and out of fairness for people that are struggling, I want them to understand this. It's kind of hard to bounce back when 
the trigger is still happening, right? Yeah, yeah that's right. So, so when you're maybe having this before, and you know, and I'm saying, okay, what happened? Was it a breakup? Was it this? And you know, we're we're healing, we're we're mending. When you're trying to heal from something that is currently still taking place within your environment, within your home, maybe you still haven't gotten your job back. Maybe your relationship, you know, has not repaired itself and all these different things, even down to what I, you know, even things, this sounds simple to people. I was even dealing with people who just were struggling with the fact that they had gained weight and that was taking a mental and emotional toll on them. The same as maybe someone who had lost their job. Yeah. And so you That's me right now, if I'm being honest. Like Okay. Well be honest, I, that's what we do. <laughs> I injured my Achilles the other day and I feel and then not to mention prior to injure my Achilles, we were down here for like nine days because we had like hazardous smoke. So we couldn't run outside. I think so we I were talking one, my, one of those days. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I haven't been able to do my five mile runs. And so like literally the setback has made me feel like, man, have I gained weight? I'm probably blowing up right now. Like, and it, <laughs> it's funny because to some it seems so small, but I think with any of us, with anything that we put our work and our effort into, it feels like that, that work and effort can be gone in a moment's time. And like, it does trip from, you know, well, and that's the, that's part of the mental toll. And that's why I say, you know, and again, not to bounce back to kind of like the, you know, cause that's, we are not making this podcast about empathy and compassion, but mm-hmm. I mean, that should be part of our daily life. Um, <laughs> but, but this again goes back to that, right. When, when you're looking at, this is not an opportunity for us to say, well, okay, I get it. Maybe you gained 10 pounds. I lost my job. Right. Because it, that, it's still whatever that is for that person, it's heavy regardless if it's for them, right? Mm-hmm, for the person mm-hmm. who's maybe worked to manage their weight and, you know, have done all these things. And then, you know, for me, you know, this, and then when the gym was taken away from me, and you know, in a sense, that's hard because for me personally, the gym is my place where I relieve stress and I feel mm-hmm. well. And, you know, it's the only place that my mind really genuinely shuts down at. So everybody managed those things very differently. Yeah, yeah. And so, you know, if you're not feeling well in your physical realm, it tend, you know, the mind and body is a massive connection. One does not function without the other. And one will tell the other if how well it wants to function. Mm-hmm. Always. That is, that is ever, that is never changing. And so if your mind is not well, the likelihood that your body feels great is small. If your body does not feel good, the likelihood that your mind is just sharp and ready and happy and energized is also not likely. And so whatever's happening, whether it's emotionally and mentally or physically, it's going to impact your whole being regardless. And so um, I think when you ask like what I've seen, um, I go back to, I've just seen a real increase in people's inability to just manage these daily stressors that we're ha- that we're having for the most part a lot of people are still working from home mm-hmm. for the most part you know people maybe did have some dips in their finances maybe still do there's some people who maybe never lost their employment but there's a lot of people that had to take 25 to 40 percent pay cuts right yeah. even 15 percent and depending on how you were living prior that 15 or 25 percent could have a significant impact on you mm-hmm. and so it's not always just the person who lost the job maybe right the person who maybe their income went down it's the person who um maybe you know their relationship just was not able to sustain 
COVID, right? Because maybe mm-hmm. it was already not great to begin with. So what we've seen, I think, I would say for me, and I should only speak for me personally in my practice, um, the depression that I've seen has been like none I've ever seen before. Yeah. Um, it is heavier, it is um, lengthier, and it has left people with extreme inabilities to just function to the best of their ability. Mm-hmm. And um, it's almost like people are genuinely kind of like taking this day to day. Yes. And so um, I'm doing a lot of what we call kind of like motivational therapy, where I'm very often just reiterating and encouraging people what can you control today? What is the thing you can do today to make you feel good? What are, you know, I tell people, write down these three things that you know always bring you happiness. In that moment, you don't feel well, I want you to pick one. And um, I'm a huge advocate of doing things in real time. So I don't tell people, okay, if you didn't feel good Monday, do something on Wednesday. I say, if you're not feeling good Monday at six, Monday at 6.05, pick your thing and do it right then. Whether it's take a walk, get some movement, watch your favorite show. Um, And so getting people in this moment of COVID to exercise their strength Mm -hmm. to go to these um, um, things that make them happy has been challenging because people's perception right now is, well, nothing makes me happy. (laughs) (laughs) I don't like doing that anymore. Well, I can't do that because it's closed, you know, and so getting people to see, well, what else can we do right now has been challenging. Yes. No, I think that that's good, though. I, I love it. I mean, like, every little bit counts right now, and that's the thing. It does. We, we overlook. Like, I don't know if we have this crazy expectation sometimes of, you know, uh, and I'll kind of refer back to my book, The Other Side. Uh, the mm-hmm. first chapter is called There is Hope, and I talk about that in that chapter where I think for so long, you know, it's it's become so easy for us to look at hope and quantify it as, like, this one big aha epiphany style type of moment or one big shift in in the mood and really the reality is is that it's gonna come through small consistent um steps baby steps done Mm -hmm. right you know not necessarily even done perfectly just done right right like can you consistently keep yourself away from whatever the distraction is that has you Mm -hmm. found in this moment can you keep yourself consistent in what you talked about with the motivational therapy piece um and and just investing into something that will keep you above water right and so keep you above the fray exactly and we need that we need that and i know that during a time like this it can be very easy to think that it's all or nothing but i'm like no it's not all or nothing it's literally doing all of those little small things right right like there is there is an in-between that I think we have to be able to focus on when well, it, it comes is. to this season. It is. And I, I want to say I, I genuinely love that you said that because a lot of what, you know, I'm doing in therapy now is not so much long-term thinking for people like maybe I would do in the past, right? Uh-huh. Now it's like, okay, what, what's, what does this week look like? I think I, I probably in... 80% of my sessions saying, okay, tell me what this week is going to look like for you. Tell me what you want out of this week. And I want to hear some positives, right? And so I'm not saying, tell me what you want to see this year. 
Tell me what, mm. you know, your goals are for 2021. Hey, today is Wednesday. What does Thursday, Friday, and Saturday look like for you? What does mm. it look like until we meet again? Because, you know, sometimes, you know, when we're just so, which by the way, most people right now are very overwhelmed. This is an extremely overwhelming time. Mm -hmm. There's so many things that are not stable for us, right? Like you said, down to race relations, politics, you know, our environment, you know, the pandemic. And so it, it's really good for us to just accept that there's some big things right now that we genuinely just don't have control over. Yes. We, don't. we just don't. We don't. And I'm not even saying that that's okay. I'm just saying that it's okay to accept that we don't have control over it. Yeah. And that you may need to do that so that you can just quench some of these extra thoughts and stressors that you have rambling around. Because what happens is anxiety, number one, loves bodies and brains that are overwhelmed. Anxiety wants to so live there. Good. Anxiety yeah. wants to feed there. And yes. so the more you can settle your thoughts, the stronger your weapon is to fight that anxiety. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, a lot, you know, most often when people are anxious, they'll say, I'm overwhelmed, I'm overwhelmed. Here's, here's where it starts to trigger so many negative responses. When you get overwhelmed, your brain can't think as clearly as it needs to. So that causes you a little anxiety. Now your body is anxious. And so now physically you feel a little drained. Your, your thoughts are a little, you know, jumbled. You have a little bit of brain fog. You, you feel like you can't concentrate. Mm -hmm. um, you feel like you want to isolate yourself a little bit because your mind is spinning and you're exhausted. And so, so many of these things are connected to the way we function daily. So you, it's almost like you want to keep every defense that you can, you want to keep it sharp. Mm -hmm. So you want to, you want to lessen those feelings of being overwhelmed. You want to combat those feelings of anxiousness or anxiety, anxious behaviors. You want to combat when your mood feels low. Those are all the things that you want to be lessened because here's the thing, the higher that they go, the harder it's going to be for you to be well. And you mm -hmm. just, you won't be able to manage the stressors. So good. Yeah, no, and I totally agree. I think that this mm -hmm. is all great information. Um, so for those of you all who are listening in, um, I know this is probably more conversation style as we're going, but <laughs> make sure you're taking um, note to everything that Trish is saying, because I think that all of these can play a part in moving forward. And that's actually where I want to shift the conversation to now mm -hmm. as we get ready to close this out here in a few, um, is what is that going to look like for us moving forward? We've got a few things mm -hmm um ahead of us and i don't want to jump too far ahead of myself because mm -hmm. i know that you'll be coming back on in october as we have the conversation about the sad season coming up right <laughs> but i think maybe just to kind of at least put it out in this podcast from a standpoint of saying hey this is something to consider and look out for we know that mm -hmm. we are officially out of summer now right the weather has not only changed but from a date standpoint, a calendar standpoint, summer is no more. We are in fall, right? And and we, yeah. we want to be, hey, happy fall, happy autumn. And we can be. However, <laughs> this is going to be, what did you call it? Uh, sad 2.0. Like this fall time <laughs> will definitely take a different um, kind of approach and look for us. And with that being the case, 
I think as we come out of summer and the season is changing and maybe some of our moods and attitudes are changing in mm-hmm. it, where, I mean, if you could give us a little bit of encouragement and maybe a few simple steps that we can take when it comes mm-hmm. to um, just the the proactivity of setting ourselves up for some kind of success. Now, yeah. hear me, when I say success to my listeners, <laughs> this does not mean that you're going to be flying high all the time. But no. it does mean that you are ahead of the curve and some of the ways you could respond, you probably won't and, and won't need to and won't have to because you've set yourself up. So Trish, mm-hmm. what are some things that uh, we can start to really hone in on now as far as practices um, to help us to mm-hmm. continue? Because like you've mentioned at the start of this conversation, COVID isn't going anywhere. It's still no. here. And not just COVID itself, but a lot of the changes. Um, I know you have a, a son who's in school. They're talking about virtual learning being something that'll lead into 2021, Definitely. maybe into like midway through the year, mm-hmm. right? Colleges mm-hmm. that I'm working with are talking about virtual learning until maybe next May. So mm-hmm. with that being said, it's not just COVID itself, but it's everything that COVID provides. And with that being the case, what are some things that we can do to kind of get ready for the long haul, I guess? Um, so it, it, you're right. It's, it's not COVID. It's the outcomes of COVID, right? Mm-hmm. Because that, that's really where we're at right now. Like you said, you know, virtual learning and people still working from home and um, maybe some people still don't have employment and things like that. And so um, I actually just um, was speaking about this yesterday with some colleagues and we were talking about, it's, a, it's an acronym, it's called ANTS, A-N-T. And they're called, um, and it stands for automatic negative thoughts. And it's just something we say like in a mm. clinical setting, you know, it's, it's our mind tends to go to negative thoughts before it does po- positive thoughts. And that's a pattern that sometimes can be developed. And so the more you engage in it, the quicker your mind jumps to these ants, automatic negative thoughts. Okay. And so I think this is a, you're right. This is a great season for people to, if you, if you're asking me um, what you are for suggestions, I would say be really become present with your thoughts because right now your thoughts are going to be so significant in determining what your mood is, what your perceptions are. And, you know, as the season changes, it's very easy right now for us to have more negative responses than positive responses, right? It's going to get colder and wow, we really can't eat outside anymore. So what does that mm-hmm. mean? We can't go to restaurants. And we yeah. Can't just, yeah. That's real. You know, can't just go, you know, simple things, right? Like we can't just go to the park now. We're not going to be able to go to the drive-in theater and, you know, all the things that we had kind of begun to do because of COVID that still allowed us to socialize to some degree. And so I would say for people, you know, even if you're not a writer and I'm not saying to journal, but I would, I would go back to what I said earlier, come up with your list, three things or more if you have them in the moments that I recognize my mood is starting to shift here's what I commit to myself I will do within five to 10 minutes, right? Real time. I always tell people, do things in real time and you'll get better results. And that's just with life, by the way, right? Absolutely. I mean, that's, you know, if you need to wash the dishes, go wash the dishes now. But um, I am a proponent of real time because I've just seen it have immense benefits because you Mm -hmm. don't allow your brain to overthink it and you say to it, this is what we're doing right now. So I would say, tune in to what you know your triggers are, right? If you know that, um, so I'll give you an example. I had a friend who um, post COVID, you know, obviously schedules all off. So they're staying up a lot later. 
they start they were starting to snack a lot more right at night mm -hmm. and i said well, well, well what's going on like why are you doing that well i'm up late i said okay that makes sense but are you required to stay up late <laughs> And so they're like, no, I'm up late, I guess, because you, not really, you're right, not really. Um, and I said, okay, so then if, if you're snacking more and then the next day it's making you feel kind of sluggish and not good about yourself, which then shifts your mood, you're saying it's making you feel a little cranky and you're noticing you're doing this because you're staying up late, what, what part of this do you have control over? Mm -hmm. Take your butt to bed right? Go, go to bed early if that's the case. So yes, that sounds simple, but look at how that one movement step, right? And I, I say movement steps because it's like, what are you moving? What are you going to do? What are you going to change? That one step could dictate the betterment of your whole next day. Yes. And so when I say be present with your thoughts, recognize what are the things I'm doing that may not be helping me? Pick those things and then counter them oh, when I do this, I feel this way, so I should do this instead. Mm -hmm. um, when I get done with my last session, I go, I mean, and I'm, I'm obviously not going to be able to do this in another month or so, but while I can, I go outside, I take a walk, I get some air, because that's my opportunity to kind of decompress. Now, I could sit here and say to you, man, I don't even know what I'm going to do in November. That's going to suck. I won't be able to go outside. I'm not focusing on what I can't do. I'm focusing on what I can do right now. This is the thing that helps me right now. Mm -hmm. So I think it would be in everyone who hears this best interest to prep themselves, right? And I don't want to say prep yourself as if you're anticipating a decline in your mood, but prepare yourself that it could happen because that's very typical when the weather changes towards the fall, right? We're not, we're not speaking on it to happen to people, but we're saying if it does happen to you, start thinking now, what are the things that that without fail make you feel well mm -hmm. start writing a list put it on your fridge put it on your mirror put it you know on your couch whatever you need to do and say here's what i'm going to do today i've had people start doing um what is it called embroidery i've had people start learning how to bake i've had people who got into like virtual walking clubs mm -hmm. so Movement is great, number one. I'm always going to encourage that, whether it's indoors or outdoors, because movement Absolutely. really settles our thoughts. Um, and it tells the brain that it's okay a lot of times. So I would say be present with where you're at and be almost hyper vigilant with shifts in your mood. And don't let them go extended amount of times, right? It's okay if you want to give yourself a day. I'm not saying every day push yourself out of it, but you don't want that one day to start turning into two and three and four. You want to move as quickly out of it as you can. Yeah. And that's going to be your best defense to not let it stay because the longer it stays, I will tell you this, the harder it is to get out of it. No, oh, that is so true. And mm -hmm. I love what you said too. I want to backtrack real quick. Yeah. Um, you mentioned one part that's so important, and I hope that people caught that, um, which is you're not, 
you're not saying that they're anticipating something bad happening. Yes. This is something that I think is so important. And I want to use the example of marriage counseling um, when it comes yes. to that. I tell people all the time between marriage counseling and maybe even personal counseling for yourself, things don't have to be bad in order for you to go and seek out help or to prepare. Mm -hmm. Preparation doesn't always mean that you're, honestly, I don't think preparation means that you're preparing for bad at all. It's literally saying when bad comes, I know how to combat it and I know how to get the upper hand. That way it won't drag me down an abysmal, you know, mm -hmm. uh, pit of, of mess and trauma. Mm -hmm. And so mm -hmm. I think that, you know, I just want to really just hammer that point home really quickly before we get off of here that yeah. preparation is okay. Preparation it, it doesn't mean that you are pessimistic. Yeah. It doesn't mean that you don't have my believers. It doesn't mean that you don't have faith. Like that is not what it is. It is literally to say that this is helping you to gird yourself up and guard yourself before yes. anything comes. And this 100%. is with anything in life. Like when you know that it is a potential for a storm, what do you do? You make sure that anything that can be affected by it is- You're bringing in your lawn furniture. Exactly. Get the dog inside. You and know, here's the thing. thing. The storm might not come, right? Because even yep. with that, it's always a, it's a percentage. It's a chance, right? Yep. So with that being the case, it doesn't necessarily mean that you are, you're giving up because you decide to pre prepare for something bad, right? Even if you know that something might be inevitable, it does not mean that the preparation is for the bad. It's actually for you to be able to combat the bad. And you know, what is that saying? It's like, you know, when you fail to prepare, you prepare to prepare fail, I think that's the same. But, you know, it's the same thing. And you're right, I'm, I'm definitely not saying to people, you know, just know you're going to get sad in a couple of months because everybody, that, that will not happen to you. And I love I'm, that you said that because I think yep. that that's our mind sometimes. Like mm -hmm. we, we go there instead of the opposite way. We do, we do. And I think, you know, just knowing that this is, you know, just statistically a time where people's moods take a shift Mm -hmm. um, so it's not abnormal. You're not going to be in the minority if it happens to you. Mm -hmm. um, but what you can be is in the group of people who's like, ah, you know what? I kind of was like, had this in the back of my mind. I'm, I'm ready for this. Um, you know, whenever I see something come on my TV that says, you know, storm warning, the first thing I do is charge my cell phone because inevitably it's going to happen. My phone is not charged. I'm out of luck. So I'm not hoping the storm <laughs> comes my way, but I'm preparing if it does, right? Mm -hmm. I, if, if I lose my power, my phone is charged. So yeah, just preparing yourself in the event of, and again, you know, I said it when we were private on the phone, kind of just like making a joke, but like, yes, this is kind of COVID-20, COVID 2.0, because now we're gonna be dealing with COVID and seasonal affect disorder. You know, mm -hmm. COVID and winter months where what, Normally we're inside in the winter. We're not outside all day in the winter time. So winter just alone brings lulls in our mood, right? It brings more isolative behavior. Yeah, it brings yeah. more antisocial activity, or not antisocial, but less than social activities. So yeah, start finding what your interests are now. Find some virtual book clubs. Find some things that you know will allow you to still connect with people. One of the best things you can do to combat these changes is not isolating yourself however that looks for you um depression the same way anxiety loves a, an overwhelmed mind depression loves isolated bodies so keep connected to people socially whether it's 
virtually one or two people, you know, gatherings, whatever, socially keeping those connections can save people's lives, quite honestly. Love it, love it, love mm -hmm. it. Thank you so much for that, Trish. I think that all of these points and everything that you've given us is so important, so needed. Mm -hmm as we do the one thing that we can do which is prepare and just be proactive right because yeah. i really do believe that being Perfect. proactive will help us to not have to be reactive later on i'm looking forward to having you come back um next month as we kick october off to talk sure. about that seasonal affect disorder uh, uh and i think that um we need that because fall is long <laughs> now here's the thing fall is good right we got we got so many different things coming up fest and holidays and all of that mm -hmm. is gonna be is gonna be phenomenal but at the same time it's taking a different fold this year it's gonna look different for all of us mm -hmm. i know for me personally i'm gonna share this and i'm getting us out of here but i'm automatically thinking already like well man what is this gonna look like you know me i travel back to chicago every year for christmas and mm -hmm. new year and i'm like i don't that's a thing this year like my, my haven't seen my family face to yeah. face like yo, so yeah. these are real thoughts and they're legitimate and and I, I just i think that having your voice and your presence here is going to be so um needed as we move forward so looking forward to having you back thank you once again can you do me a favor real quick and sure. let the people know where they can follow you and find you online social media all that good job they can go to my Instagram, twellness underscore, and they will find me. Boom. There we go. Mm -hmm. Ladies and gentlemen, once again, our good friend, my good sister. Mm -hmm. uh, I want to call you Dr. Trish. Why is so bad? <laughs> like, I just feel like it has, it, it fits. Like, yeah, I don't know. I, I don't, it, it. You can, but yeah. <laughs> I literally love to be like, Dr. Trish Wyatt, you know, but no. Um, thank you so much once again for all of this. And for those of you all that are listening, please remember that um, none of us are above help. No. Um, none of us are above getting what we need. And even though the month of September might be winding down and the conversation of suicide prevention for this month might be winding down, Let's continue to keep ahead of steam rolling with our actions to help in prevention um, on a day-to-day. -day. And as always, you're not losing in life. You're not failing. You are simply between the dream. Peace. Bye.